going to take a little little break from our our study of Mark. We we hopefully when we get back to it, we're going we're going to hit it hard. But we've been in there for the last few months, so I figured we'd take a little bit of a breather from the book of Mark. I was thinking uh, two or three weeks ago before revival started, I had had come across a couple of passages, and I was thinking, man, those are such good passages, uh, passages that have, have meant a lot to me in my life that has helped me get through. And I said, you know, there. There's lots of passages in the Bible, but there, there may be a few that, that are really helpful for us. That if we, if we remember those few, it may help us. Now, we're going to go for the next seven weeks, this little mini-series, through seven scriptures that every Christian needs to know. Now, this is not an official list. This is, this is a Shan list. You're, you may have a, a list of seven scriptures that may differ from mine. Uh, but some of these are, are passages over the next few weeks that you may know, or maybe some that you're not as familiar with, but passages that I think are beneficial to us and are powerful for us as Christians to learn, to know, to think about. Uh, and, and some of these, a couple of them at least, have been passages that have been personal uh, favorites of mine and passages that have really helped me. So for the next seven weeks, Lord willing, we are going to look at some of these passages, and I hope that these are passages that we will tuck away in our heart, and they will be helpful to us in life's journey and the things that we may experience and be up against. So this morning we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Just one little short verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. When I was a teenager, here at this church, I had a Sunday school teacher, and this is a verse that she introduced to me. I wasn't really familiar with it, but, but in my life struggles and things that I was going through, she introduced me to this verse, and it is possible, I have no way to know, but it is very possible that I have quoted this passage in times of trouble more than I have any other passage in Scripture. It has, been, it has been a real strength for me, and perhaps the Holy Spirit will work, work it in your life too, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a good passage for you today. Let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for a good week, and I pray, God, that as we look at your word today that it will be a good word. God, we need your word. God, we can live on nothing but your word. And so, God, I pray that as I preach and teach, I won't ramble about and mess things up, dear Lord. It would detract people from hearing your word. But I pray that when I open my mouth today, God, that they would hear your word, that they would see it in the pages of their Bible or on the screen, dear Lord, and that they would get the word and see the power and the truth in your word, God, not just this text, but the whole Bible. And, God, I pray that you just let your Holy Spirit be among us today. Help us to be ready to hear your word. Help us to be free of distractions. And I pray, God, that you just hide me behind the cross, that you take away my pride and my fear, dear Lord, that I would just humbly preach and teach your word today, all for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It's a short verse. Big boy's going to put it on the screen for us so everybody can see it. I'm going to be reading from the New King James, by the way, over the next few weeks. Some of these passages might be from various translations because that's the translation I memorized them in. So we're going to kind of use some different translations this week. But this week, uh, we'll be coming from the New King James Version. And the passage reads, 2 
Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Timothy was a young man who was getting ready to go into the ministry. And, and obviously, Paul loved Timothy. And Paul was an older man at this point. Timothy was a young man. But Timothy was a man that it seems pretty clear from the Scripture was a man of God who was about God's work. And Paul was giving Timothy some encouragement. He was, he was trying to encourage Timothy, don't give up. Keep doing the work no matter what you may be up against. Now, even though Paul's writings here was to a young man who was going into the ministry, that does not mean that his words are not applicable to us. Now, Paul knew full well the difficulties that Timothy would face. Paul had been facing those difficulties for quite some time. From the very moment that Paul had became a Christian and began to follow Jesus Christ and changed his life from one who was persecuting Christians to one who was trying to convert people to Christianity, Paul had experienced much difficulty. He had been in prison. He had gone through all kind of hardships. Paul knew that service of the Lord was difficult. To live a life for God is not easy. It is far easier for us to live for the world. If we live for the world and we say everything in the world is okay, that there is no sin, that there is no bad, that everybody can do what they want to do, if we never say anything to the contrary, if we live and go along with what the world says, chances are we won't face much, much opposition from those around us. Chances are we can go on our life and we are never under the spotlight. People are never calling us out for anything. If we just keep our mouth shut and go with what the world says, we won't face much opposition. But for brothers and sisters in Christ, we cannot do that. We cannot turn a blind eye to sin. We cannot deny the truth of God's Word. We cannot live like the world because we are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And because we are a new creation, because we follow Jesus Christ, because we believe the Word, is God of tr uh, word of God is truth, then we live our life in a way that's different than the world lives their life. There are some things that we say, no, that is wrong. There are some things that we say, no, I can't do that. There are some things we say, no, I can't support that. But we go out into the world and we say, you know, I want to tell you that God loves you. I want to tell you that Jesus died on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven. Some in the world will say, that's a bunch of malarkey. I don't want to hear all that stuff. I don't want to hear about your God. I don't want to hear about sin. I don't want to hear about hell. I don't believe in that stuff. And if we live for the world, excuse me, live for the Lord in the world that we are in, we will face opposition. We will face difficulty. We will face persecution. And some brothers and sisters in Christ on a daily basis face death because they are living for Jesus. Now, Paul had been living for Jesus, and it seems clear that Timothy was living for Jesus. And Paul says to him, look, it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. But you keep on doing the Lord's work. You stay on fire for the Lord. But that's scary, right? It's scary. There's a lot of things that are scary about that. One I just mentioned, we could die for what we believe. 
There are men and women around the world today, and they are in places where it is the death penalty for preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what they do in those places? They keep on preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they're not fearful of the world. They're not fearful of what may happen in this world because to live is for Christ. While we're living, we live for Christ. And if we die, well, to die is gain, especially if we have died living for Jesus Christ. It's a scary thing when we stand up against what the world says. We may be persecuted, especially in our, in our culture today, this cancel culture. Boy, if you're anybody that's anybody and you say anything, you stand up for the Lord, you stand up for the Bible, man, this world will try to cut you off and cancel you so fast. It's the world we live in. What if you speak up at your job? You take a stand for what is right based on the Word of God. And your job doesn't appreciate that. Your co-workers don't appreciate that. That's tough. That's scary. What if you cannot work? How are you going to provide for your family? How are you going to give them a roof over their head? How are you going to give them food to eat? And so it's fearful. We know somebody, a friend, a family member. We see that they are, man, really living in sin. Their life is a wreck. We want to tell them, but it's fearful to tell them. What if they don't want to hear it? Man, what if it ends in a fight? What if it ends in them not talking to us anymore? And that's a fearful thing. And so when it comes to living for Jesus and living by the word of God and standing up for that word, it is not easy to do. And Paul knew that. And Paul's words to Timothy are good for you and I as well. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, we may have fear in our life. We certainly have fear in our life in a lot of different areas. But that doesn't come from God. The fear that we have when we say, man, should I stand up for this? Is this the right thing to do? If I stand up and people know that I'm a Christian, if I say, no, I don't believe that, if I say, no, here's what God's Word says, and here's what I believe, what are people going to say if I'm the only one that stands up? There's a lot of fear that comes with that. But that fear to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ does not come from the Spirit of God. That does not come from the Holy Spirit. That comes from the enemy. Now fear can get you down. Fear can stop you like a deer in the headlights. And you know that. Everybody in here knows that. Because there are times that you have been fearful in your life. It may be something as, as a child being fearful of the monster under the bed. There are lots of things that may cause us fear and may cause us distress in our life. But that doesn't come from the Lord. That comes from the enemy. And when we face that kind of fear, it, it really immobilizes us. 
which is good for the enemy, which is good for the devil. That's what he wants, right? He wants us to be a bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ that just keep our mouth shut. We just live. We just walk on a straight and narrow. We don't say anything. We don't stir up any dust. We don't cause any problem. We don't say anything about God's Word. We don't say anything about Jesus Christ. We just sit there because we're afraid of what might happen, of what might people think. What if I don't know the right words to say? What if I say something about God and they come back with something and I don't have a good response? What if I stutter and stammer? What if I begin to quote a scripture and I don't remember what it says? What if they ridicule me? What if I'm fired? What if I'm killed? And so we begin to fear. And we just stop. We just pause in our tracks. We still believe in Jesus. We still trust in Jesus. We still believe his word is true, but we're too afraid to act on it. And that can happen to Christians who have been walking with the Lord for 50 years or for five minutes. Don't think the devil won't try to get you just because you've been with the Lord for a long time. Now, I'll say that if you are a mature Christian, hopefully you know the tactics of the devil a little better and you're able to stand against those tactics. But that doesn't mean he won't try to bring fear in your life. Even people that are mature Christians can experience fear that can make them stop in their tracks. You see, because when we fear, we, we lose confidence. We're, our faith is not what it should be if we are living in that kind of fear. And when we lose our confidence, have a lack of confidence, it keeps us from standing boldly and standing firm in Jesus Christ. Now, I have to be careful when it comes to confidence. We want to have confidence in God's Word. We want to have confidence that we can stand with the Holy Spirit at our side to help us against the world that we are living in. We want to be careful, too. It's a fine line. You see, we can have overconfidence. We can become a little proud. But be careful because the Bible said pride comes before a fall. And so we want to be careful that we don't become overconfident. In our overconfidence, we usually think a little too much of ourselves, And if we're thinking too much of ourselves, that means we're not thinking quite enough of God. And a fall may very well come. So we want to be confident, but not overconfident. But we also don't want to have a lack of confidence. Because that lack of confidence, boy, that comes with fear. That fear can cause us to begin to question and to begin to worry. And that fear and that lack of confidence can, can stop us. Here's a good example of that. Just recently, some of you may have been watching the Olympics. All before the Olympics, I heard the surest thing that the United States got to get gold medals, lots of gold medals, is Simone Biles. That's the surest thing. She will win gold in everything she is in. She's the surest thing we have ever had in these United States of America in Olympic gymnastics. And the first night of Olympic gymnastics come, and it's probably without question that Simone Biles is the best gymnast that the United States has ever had. I don't know that anybody would really debate that. But leading up to the competitions, as she was practicing and qualifying, she just wasn't quite right. First night of the competition, the first obstacle we call it, I don't know what it's called, the first, first event, I guess we'll say, 
She got up there, she got to twisting around and, and missed her twist and didn't land, almost fell down and took herself out of the competition. Why? She lost her confidence. The pressure was too big. I don't know this, but I suspect there was probably some fear there. Man, the whole country's watching me. The whole world's watching me. What if? What if I'm not able to perform what I'm supposed to perform? And your mind gets to going and the fear gets there and you lose your confidence. You stumble a couple of times and pretty soon the best gymnasts these United States have ever seen can't even perform one event in the Olympics. And we're not so different as Christians. Man, we read God's Word. There's power in God's Word. There's strength in God's Word. We know that God is all-powerful. We know that through Jesus Christ, we have overcome. We have conquered the world. But yet the world begins to come at us. The things of the world begin to press down on us. And we begin to become fearful. We begin to lose our confidence. We are shaken in our faith. And pretty soon, instead of taking a stand for Jesus Christ, instead of living for the Lord, we are frozen. We are unable to perform. We are unable to stand for the Lord. And that's why this verse is so good. Because I know that there are days that you are fearful. Because there are days that I am fearful. And guess what? There are days that everybody in this world is fearful. But if we are going to live for the Lord, we must remember the Lord God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what is the power of God when you get fearful, when you are, when you are laying in your bed at night and the lights are off and everything is quiet and you begin to fear something that's going on in your life, what do you do? You turn to the power of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. That's good stuff right there. What is our power? It is the gospel. The gospel is God's power for salvation. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Where does our power come from? Our power comes from the salvation that we receive when we believe on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It is a power that has forgiven our sins. It is a power that has given us eternal life. And it is a power that will help us overcome anything that we experience in this world. Now, the devil tries to exercise some power over you. And fear being a good way that he is able to accomplish that. But we have a greater power. What is our power? Our power is in our salvation. What do we have to fear? If you are fearing, ask yourself this question. What do I have to fear? If you are a child of God, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, what do you have to fear? 
Ask yourself that question, and I'm going to tell you the answer right now. You ready? Nothing. Remember that. If you're like me, you may have to tell yourself that a lot. Because I'll say, all right, I ain't got nothing to fear, and then guess what happens five minutes later? I start worrying again. I start getting afraid again. That's why I've quoted this verse more than probably any verse in all of Scripture. Because I'm a fearful man. Some of y'all are saying, golly, you must be in rough shape. Well, I am. Now you know. Boy, I'd get to worried about stuff, get afraid of stuff. Sometimes I'd think I'm crazy. I still do sometimes. I think, man, God, my mind is just out of control. That's why I quoted this passage, that last, that last part there. God has given us a sound mind. I got to remind myself about that a lot. Boy, the devil, he gets to going on in our mind, right? He gets stuff in our mind we can't concentrate, we can't focus, we get so overwhelmed, we are stressed to the max, we are worried about everything, we are afraid of everything, we're not doing anything but laying there being afraid as we can be. Boy, the devil's making a mess of our mind, got it, got it going every different direction except for on God. That's why this verse is so good for me, maybe for you too. God has given us a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. The power of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The power to know that if our sins have been forgiven by God and been cast as far as the east is to the west, the, the power to know that when our last breath in this earth is gone, that that is not the end of our life, but the beginning of our eternal life. If God has given us that kind of power and salvation, then what is it that we have to fear? Because the worst possible thing that could happen to us in this world is that somebody would take our life. And if we lose our life in this world, we will gain it in all eternity with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now that is some power right there, the power to save you from your sins and the power of death. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And what else? And of love. That's good right there because, one, we need to be remembered of the power of God. That we have been forgiven. Because we start thinking about all the things that we've done in our past. Things in our way back past and things in our not so far away past. Things that we did yesterday or the things that we did this morning. And we start thinking about those things and we think, man, I'm such a sinner. I have done some horrible things. We need to remember the power of God that comes through the salvation through Jesus Christ. We need to remember that we are forgiven. Boy, that makes you feel good. When you read God's Word and you're reminded, okay, God, I have prayed to you, I have repented, and I can trust you that my sins have been forgiven. That is good stuff when we trust in that power. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. We need to be reminded of that sometimes. That we are loved. That's true in our in our just our human lives too. It's good for us to tell our spouses, our children, our mothers, our fathers that we love them. It makes you feel good when you know somebody loves you. It makes me feel good. I'm assuming it makes you feel good. When somebody does something nice for you and they don't have to, they just do it. You know what that's called? Love. You don't even have to use the word. All kind of good, nice things we do for somebody. It's good for us to know that we are loved. 
It makes us feel encouraged. Man, when we are going through things and we are fearful and we are afraid, the worst thing in the world, and the devil tries to get me with this, he may try to get you too, is to make you feel that you are alone, that nobody cares, that nobody can relate, that nobody understands, and that nobody loves you. Guess what? That's a lie. As the old song says, you may have heard it, fear, it is a liar. So the devil tries to keep us fearful, try to make us think that we have really messed up too bad for God to forgive us, and God certainly doesn't love us, but that's a lie. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power that comes through salvation and forgiveness, and of love. I want you to know today, I, I try to tell you this from time to time. I was going to say, I probably say it too much, but that ain't true. God loves you. That's good. That's good, right? That God loves us, and we need to be reminded of that. Because in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our heartache, in the midst of our sin, we may forget that God loves us. That's what the enemy wants us to do is forget that God loves us. But I want to tell you this morning that God loves you today. So how do we overcome our fear? We overcome it by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings with it forgiveness of sins. We overcome it by knowing that God is with us, that God loves us, and if God loves us, and if God is for us, then we can overcome our fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I don't know what's going on in your mind today, it may be a mess in there. I know mine is sometimes. Get fearful about things that are going on at work, things that are going on in your family, things that are going on in our country, things that may from time to time go on in our church, things that may be going on with our health, things that may be going on with people that we are trying to minister to and witness to and love on. All of these type of things bring fear, boy, and our mind can get on these type of things and we can get overrun with fear. But when you get overrun with fear, I want you to remember this passage. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want y'all to say that with me this morning. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'll tell you what I wish I would have done when I was younger. I wish I would have learned more of God's Word and memorized it. Because I'm going to tell you what, there is nothing that is better to get you through life than the Word of God. You pick you out some scriptures, some scriptures that you can remember, 
you find some scriptures that have spoken to you and you memorize those scriptures and you think about those scriptures. And I can promise you, in your times of trouble, the Holy Spirit will help you to recall those passages. And you memorize those words of God and you think about those words of God and in your time of trouble, you speak those words of God. Because it never fails. There is always one thing that always helps me to overcome what I am going through, whatever it may be. And I'm going to tell you right now that in 37 years of my life, the Word of God has never failed, not one time. Not one single time have I ever been in a hard time, a struggle with sin, a struggle with fear, a struggle with worry, that I have not turned to the Word of God and called out to God that He did not help me. And I'm going to tell you what, He can help you too. There is power in the Word of God. Whatever scriptures you know, when you're in a time of trouble, you turn to those scriptures. That needs to be the first place we turn. We've got to be reminded about that because we like to turn to other things and try to solve our problems in other ways, but we need to be reminded that scripture needs to be the first place we turn. And we need to trust in God's word and seek God's word. And no matter what comes against us, know the power of God's word and the love of God and to know that the devil's not going to get full reign over our mind but we are going to control it by the power and the love of God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit for God has not given us a spirit of fear brothers and sisters in Christ but of power and of love and of a sound mind let's pray Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for this good word. And I pray that we would tuck it away, God, because we all have things in our life that we are fearful of, that we are afraid of, that we are overwhelmed by, God. But God, there is only power in your word. There is only power in Jesus Christ, God. So when we hear the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection and the forgiveness of sins that we get through it, God, I pray that we would cling to that. God, that we'd be reminded today that you love us. Maybe there are some in here, God, that needed to be reminded of that. God, maybe there are some in here that never even knew. They don't even know it. Maybe, maybe just now today they have learned and realized for the first time that you want to forgive them, God, and that you love them. God, maybe some in here, their mind is out of control and fear has got the best of them. God, there are seasons in our life where we, where we are fearful, but God, I pray that for any that are going through such seasons, that you would help us to overcome those things, dear Lord. And in due time, that you help us to overcome them, God. Maybe you help us to overcome our fears instantly. Or God, maybe it takes time. Maybe in, in that time, dear Lord, you're working with us and helping us to trust you and seek you more. But God, I pray that as we prepare for this time of response and invitation, God, if there is one that has not put their faith in Jesus Christ this morning, they would put their faith in Jesus today. God, if there is one that is coming here with a lot of fear, that they would leave with a lot of freedom, dear Lord. That they would leave rejoicing in you. That they would leave with a sound mind, God. That they would leave knowing that they are forgiven and that they are loved. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.